Welcome to the Zanzizi Podcast. Zanzizi Zambibi. Welcome to the Zanzizi Podcast. I'm Rad Dad 2023 in the... We haven't even dubbed it yet, but this is your first time on the show. My good friend... Mr. T.J. Miller. Hey, I'm Bob Dobb, 86. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Uh, Bob Dobb, 86. I don't know what a Dobb is or a Bob. <laughs> What's a Bob Dobb? Bob. <laughs> hey, man, it's Monday. So you got in your car. I don't know. when this. Whenever this is released, we just want you to know that you can come up with a nickname for yourself, too, if you want. But before I get too crazy, how are you, my friend? Wicked. How are you? I am, I am so good. We, good. We, we, in, just so you know, Michigan's legal, so we're we're having a, a nice evening, afternoon, just sesh. chill, a sesh. We're having a sesh, if you will. And actually, <clears throat> TJ, I'm excited about this because what we're doing here is the premiere of a new series that I'm going to keep running on this show, and that doesn't mean that you have to partake in said series every single time because I would love to have you as a regular. But basically, we're going to have a new session called Garage Bands. Anyway, the idea of it is that I know a lot of musicians and a lot of artists, and I think the idea of having people on who talk about their experience, and there's a lot of podcasts out there where you can find dudes from bands that you like or YouTube clips of like people like you're who you're influenced by and listen to him talk. But I just think it's fun to like actually have a good conversation with somebody and get a little bit. Cause we've known each other. Like let's, let, let's start there. How, Math. <laughs> well, we know Math. We, we've known each other since it got it. I would think high school, you were a year ahead of me. You graduated 2000, right? Yeah. Were, were you, did you go to Granville junior high? Were you in seventh grade at Granville? I was I moved up here in eighth grade. In eighth grade, okay. So then I would have met you when I was in tenth grade, or I would have first came into contact with you in tenth grade. You're, you'd be in what ninth? Yeah. So, you, but I remember specifically, I was in um, I was in choir with my freshman year, and I think you were in choir that same year too. Yep. So I was on the chamber singers that year. <clears throat> And you, so you were like sophomore year, so mm-hmm. I'm freshman. I re, now I remember distinctly Granville around that area. I was friends with about two people because, like I said, I came up in eighth grade. Had you gone to Granville your whole life? No, um, I started in Granville schools when I was in fourth grade. <laughs> okay, right on. Now you had a pretty tight knit group of friend and friends, and I, a lot of our friends actually hung out together because i remember i knew you i just didn't know know you if, yeah if you get what, like i i was like he likes cool music i can kind of tell yeah like i could i could talk to the dude um but you got to know the guys who now 
for anyone who doesn't know, TJ has been in many projects, but probably the, I his, haven't though. <laughs> it's really only been a very small handful. Not, not, not to inter- not to interrupt. <laughs> no, 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 no. I am. Imp- I appreciate like the honesty because I'm the same way. Like if if we're talking about projects I've started and not finished, oh fuck, I've been on a ton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But like when it comes to music, we know a lot of yeah. Not a similar people, but yep. at the time, um, for pe- for new listeners to the show, TJ was in a very, pr- I would say, prolific band from the area called Still Remains. Still active. And... Sort of. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> hey, they're all... Th- dude, It when you hit a certain age, everything is kind of it's, on the precipice. It's like when you're all... Um, when you all have careers and, you know, kids... You're all married. Right. It's like how active really can you be at that point? Right. It's it's funny. Like there was something that we saw online the other day where you know people were pissed at uh, this band that doesn't tour anymore or or whatever, and they were like, it's just all bullcrap. Blah 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 blah. Like they're doing this to us. Blah blah blah. It's like you know, like, you know, there's just there's more than music. Well, you know, <clears throat> I mean, we're gonna tangent a million times. And I'm excited to delve into it. There, my first question to you, though, when did you know you wanted to play in bands, like legitimately? Was it always a thing, kind of in the back of your head, or were you were you like musically inclined very early? Um, I don't know if I was really musically inclined early. Uh, I know that I gravitated toward music when I was in about, I'd say like. <laughs> Beans meowing. You're gonna hey, hear her all through the podcast because that's awesome. You'll see her on the I don't know Instagram. Instagram, yeah. You'll see yeah. her on the Instagram. Uh, Most amazing cats of any person human that I know. You own two of them, and they're unbelievable. Yes, follow us on yeah. Instagram. <laughs> you can meet Beatrix. Ooh, she's the best. She's a she's a little Persian. She's got like a little lion, like a lion haircut. Cut. Yeah. yeah, she's so cool. Um, Most beautiful face too i know she's so freaking cute uh so like it was right around like second or third grade i feel like when i really started noticing like hey i really like that song i really like that song and uh i remember just vaguely live you know living down in florida and we were in a trailer and there was a you know we just had a very small tv you Mm -hmm. know um my parents or my my mom and my stepdad would always have MTV on, you know, so it was just constant, like, um, like Guns N' Roses, Molly Crew, like Poison. Were um, you predominantly <laughs> listening to hair metal bands growing up? No, it, not at all, really. It was just kind of like whatever was on in the background uh, with my parents. And when um, I ended up living with my dad and moving up to Michigan when I was nine in, in uh like kind of the middle of fourth grade i ended up actually at east elementary and then at cummings like on the same year oh wow um <clears throat> so but, we were both parents of divorce like we had that kind of back and forth yeah 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 for sure um but it was right around that time where i feel like i had my own walkman and i i remember like wanting like certain 
certain music that I would hear. You know what I mean? Like, was there a certain band early on that really hit you? Like, because I remember we we did a previous episode on Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, and for me, it was Downward Spiral. And yeah, I, I had a CD man that I put in my satchel and was walking down the road and i'm just like yeah this is the best shit i've ever heard i know it speaks to me because it's dark and you know being exactly. from the midwest that's all weary <laughs> i i wonder if like circumstances like that where you just have like a disc man and you're just walking down the street i wonder if that's like at the point in your life where you actually kind of like become a musician and you just don't know it yet I would say there is because there was certain moments on that album that I'm looking for in a drum sound. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. Yeah. There's, you know, and the the way that that gets into your brain subconsciously and informs your opinion. It's like anytime you pick up your guitar, you might want to play the rain song, but you just you the the essence of it is in your head, you just don't know it. But like it's that is a great point that what you said like i i think you're right i think it does in a way print on you and it follows you like yeah it's it's weird i mean i just i have i guess some of my favorite intimate like kind of alone time memories of just really thoroughly enjoying music and literally only going outside and walking around the neighborhood because I had a Walkman and like I just wanted to listen to music and I just wanted to explore it in my brain and I didn't want to be around my parents and I just kind of wanted to be alone you know just walking or just go for a walk you know what I mean I, I remember being like eight and it was I mean it's pretty laughable but like uh you know, like MC Hammer and, oh, yeah. and Vanilla Ice. Like, yeah. the, the, I think I had the the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle soundtrack. <laughs> I, like future episode, yeah, for sure. Um, and I loved that stuff. But then, like at nine or so, it was more uh, like some. I had a grandmother that just like loved Elvis Presley. Like, oh, that's so good shit too, though. She had like these old A tracks, and she always had Elvis on, and she had like movies that he was in and stuff like that. She was just like a total fangirl you know and um there were certain elvis songs that i would want to hear and so like i had a, a, an elvis tape and um i think it was jailhouse rock and it was just amazing front to back and just as a kid just hearing like the origins or, origins of uh, rock and roll you know what i mean yeah. like he was the first like real freaking rock star you yeah know what i mean like pre-bowie yeah kind of like male bravada on stage yeah or like he's a pop star really mm -hmm. he's a pop star but um like i i loved that that tape it was just incredible it really i think kind of like printed like just kind of like the pop structure into my brain at that age but uh then it was like it was honestly it was like whitney houston i mean oh, I, I was a choir kid like you you know yeah um as much as like i love metal and everything else but you know these are like early things is like whitney houston and tony braxton oh my god i i yeah whitney, michael jackson was, was huge thriller I thriller loved thriller i i love um what's the one before that if uh, know, the one the I mean, they're all Quincy Jones, but I'm trying to think of like it off the wall, off the wall. Yeah. I love that record. Yeah. That's a great record. And it's, you know, when all this stuff, bad like, was a great record too. Oh man. 
I had the the thriller tape I got for Christmas from my aunt Kathy. Shout out aunt Kathy. Um, that tape, yeah, I, that tape got stuck in my tape deck because I would listen to, yeah, I mean, and in that production too. Like I, I I agree with what you're saying about again, like it's it imprints on you, and it's it's almost like you're searching for like. A structure similar to yeah, because like, like I remember hearing certain songs by Genesis even growing up with like that influence from my dad and thinking like oh man if I could find a way to mimic the keyboard sound on this exactly song. exactly I mean I, I remember like uh, the first track on Thriller want to be mm-hmm. starting something mm-hmm. like uh, there's in the verses there's like this horn part and like just the thought of you know him in a studio and he's got to have horn players mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's like okay well i want to make music but i don't have a band so what do i do okay like right. I'll, I'll get a software and start mapping things out oh well i want to have this sound in my song but i don't have a horn player i don't have i don't have violinists or ch- a cellist or whatever you know did you uh, did you early on before you started doing music? Did, were you experimenting with those like programs that you could get like Acid, Sony? Actually, no. Cakewalk, nothing like that. Never, never, ever. Um, unfortunately, like I think I was just so intimidated by the whole thing. You yeah. know, I think almost. Um, when you're an instrumentalist, especially if you're like a guitar player, uh, you know, guitar players when they record are typically like right there at the board. You know what I mean? They're analyzing everything and um, they kind of form a connection to it, which allows them to, I don't know, kind of explore the DAW more and kind of get into it. It helps them write, it helps them write riffs. They are, you know? And I think basically playing the instrument, I'll start to, they'll start to get, okay, this is the distortion pedal. Mm-hmm. This is what happens if I add distortion to this and with reverb or delay or chorus effects or wah. There's all this experimenting that can happen. And I think that's what informed me to, to in the style that I liked too. Now, did you write a lot of lyrics in high school? Were you in that mode? Yeah, I was. Uh, later in high school, like I was just kind of always writing. Um, I don't know if it was even meant to be poetry, but what what I would what I would do is like there were times where you know things were traumatic, you know, in, in the family and everything else, and so like. <laughs> like being rebellious, I would write all my feelings down as I felt them. I w- almost like a journal, mm-hmm. um, and I would I just like leave it like right out in the open because I felt like my parents would just go through my room That's looking for things, you know. Um, often, you know, so like <laughs> I, I just like left that out. I would just leave that out in hopes that like th- they would be in there that day looking around or something like that. Right. right. Um, but then you know it it went from writing stuff like that all the time, just writing it out, writing it out, writing it out, writing it out, and then um, when you start thinking about music or if you like, you know, when I was getting involved in my like very first band uh probably like 11th grade just jamming around you know like i remember looking through those things highlighting phrases you know and seeing if i can like work with them to make them a song and is that kind of 
the first initial step for your for your writing as far as in a band now that was shades of amber right no there was uh there was a band before that called forest under <laughs> forest okay. under um i was like super like wanna be like wanted to be like chino moreno you oh know? yeah and like the yeah, early yeah. early deftones days and then like uh christian from blind side i just loved his voice where, now, did you try to do the rap sing thing? Yeah, for well, sure. How how did that go for you? I don't remember. <laughs> like, I think I blocked <laughs> it all out. Honestly, like. Well, I mean, you had you had the you had the MC Hammer tapes. And yeah. Nice. Nice. You could always pull those out. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if I wonder if I still have my old Hammer pants. Like, I had a couple <laughs> pairs of like Hammer pants when I was in fourth grade. <laughs> There's my Hammer pants. Yeah. I wear them when I'm hammering. I, I think I was just like heavily influenced by style wise well or like the front man oh yeah aspect. yeah because you've always to me you've always seemed like that like yeah. I, i've I, 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 had, like I had like a fred durst phase <laughs> like i mean i, had a I would say phase. you're you you are now and you were then way more handsome than fred durst oh geez but we'll let the he looks instant. awesome right now <laughs> he really does i do like that he's rocking the dad <laughs> vibe just saying fuck yeah. it he's he's like super like old man gimmicky you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so you did write your lyrics, and your first band was Forced Under. Now, when when did you? When was Shades of Amber, and when did that progress to Still Remains? And how how did that go? Um, Shades of Amber was like I want to say it was like ninety eight. 99. Because I remember videotaping those practices at yeah. the time in high school because I would check out the camera. And then Jason Dykehouse and I had class together. Yeah. And he was just like, you should come, man. You guys are cool. I'm like, I know TJ. And then it, through that, I met Zach. And then Zach ends up doing the soundtrack to a horror movie I made in high school. Maybe I'll post that one day. You guys have to tell me whether I should or not. But yes, the keyboardist from Still Remains did the soundtrack to my to my short horror film, and it was fucking good. Dude, like, Zach is like, crazy. He's a he's an audio wizard. Like he is, an, he's a wizard, and I love it. And everything that that guy turns out sounds so good. He also has a YouTube channel which everyone should check out. It's Nerd Dead Music, and it's you'll recognize he's got. He's got glasses on. Hilarious dude. One of the most genuine humans you'll ever meet. Yeah. And his He's taste so in sweet. music was like, I think it informed most of the Midwest at that time. I know he wouldn't admit that. He's <laughs> he's he's the most modest person, but it, so it, humble, it yeah. did. It did. Yeah. So, okay. So you're... Take me through the process, like how you met the guys, what what was what were your influences, and kind of how things were going in the turn of the 21st century. There, you know, I was going to a church in Granville at Res. Res, yeah, yeah Res, and um, there, you know, there was always this kid in the youth band that was playing bass, and he was freaking awesome they were just like doing praise and worship songs like kind of rock style but his bass playing like was so effortless you're like there's something there yeah you could do more i was just like dude this kid a he looked like nikki six like he did <laughs> he, he really did but like a, like a more like a I, more like punk rock version of, I, of nikki six i love that because i it's just like i it, 
it, it's your influences coming back yeah. in a way. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so like, I always, you know, it's Jordan, you know, I, yeah. I always wanted to be in a band with Jordan and, um, let's get the crew bro. Yeah. I, I approached him. He doesn't remember. He says he doesn't remember this. He probably, he probably doesn't. He's, he's great. Um, but, I approached him at Res, and he like he was in this punk band that was freaking just tearing it up. They were sweet. Do um, you remember what that band was called? Oh I man, don't put you in this, but I know he's your boy, but I don't I don't recall their name off the top of my head. I probably smoke way too much weed. It's okay. Um, I'm sure he'd forgive you. Yeah, he he would for sure. But uh, they were sick, um, and it, there was a really cool like punk scene in Granville with Reva and you know uh, North Lincoln. Yeah, that was later a little little bit later. It was right around the same time, but they played more like downtown, I think, than they ever really played around Granville. You know, I mean, they might have played some shows there, but like. We were like doing like you know the whole Christian you know like it all the all the shows were like related to a church or a church event or run well, by helped, a co- you know it helped probably get more people in the door too because the Midwest is so religious it's not even funny yeah yeah it, I mean it probably did honestly it I mean you guys did. you guys were um, unbelievable <clears throat> but I know and I knew even with Shades of Amber that like there was insane talent in that room like. I, at the time, I had started a band, but it was kind of a joke. It was more of like, I'm learning how to play guitar. I guess I have to have a band, you know? Yeah. Um, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. I mean, that's when I discovered it, you know? Yeah. Start playing guitar, and you're like, I need to meet other people that do this. You know, who wants to, like, just play with me? You know? It, you guys like uh, Motley Crue? Yeah. Guns N' Roses? <laughs> yeah. How about Deftones? Yeah. And Forced Under Begins. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Rick and Deftones, they they were they're a that's, big player in that. I that's mean, a that's a future episode. Yeah, or like Nirvana. Yeah, Nirvana. Okay, have you and Seth on just to gush about how that band changed pretty much the face of music forever? Yeah. Um, okay, so sorry, I keep kind of like no, 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 no. It's me. I keep cutting you off too, you're, and I apologize because I love it. I love talking to you. I, you're one of my closest friends, so I appreciate you having me here, man. Yeah. Let's let's. But I want to. I I want to suss this out. So you meet, did you, you meet the ba- you meet Jordan. Yeah, he's he playing was playing the bass. bass. Yeah, he was playing the bass. And Shades I, of Amber had Zach. Yep. And you guys were really tight. Yep. Um, but but this, I mean, Shades of Amber all happened after all of, after meeting Jordan. Oh, okay. Because like, right. Jordan ended up being in Shades of Amber. You know, Jordan and I started Shades of Amber. Interesting. So, like, what happened was, you know, um, I had asked Jordan to, to play because I had seen his punk band, and I see him every week at church playing. You know, and uh, he was like, "No, you know, like I'm in a band already. You know, I just didn't know if he- not a band slut like our." dear lovely brother matt <laughs> yeah I, I mean i just don't think he knew he didn't ever he didn't know who i was he had never met me before i just kind of approached him you know yeah so he i mean he kind of blew me off a little bit you know like probably not intentionally i know i don't think i really ever took it that way but he, yeah. um he was just kind of like no you know like i'm busy you know i've got a i'm already in a band i think he just wanted to be loyal to them you know you kind of want to do that at a young at a young age you know you become real passionate about it you want to be loyal to, to these guys and not do other things right away right um so then like um <clears throat> i was in this band uh forced under with jason dykehouse okay you know right on, right um on. and like dan langer oh all right and beth um yeah beth bombera she okay. was uh 
uh, I can't remember if she was at Triunity, but she lived in Jenison. Um, we had this like rapcore band, <laughs> and yeah, like I played guitar and I and I sang like kind of like hybrid. You know, like there were songs where I would just sing, and there were songs where I would play guitar and sing. And we like we played the Battle of the Bands at Granville. Uh, I think it was my junior year. Oh, I think I was there. Yeah. Was that when um, our mutual friend? He was. We have so many mutual friends from that era. Like Seth's band was in it, and then Nick's punk band or whatever gets the girl. Gets <laughs> Nick the girl. Verberg? No, not Nick. Uh, I don't think he was in that band. Oh, was Jacob Quist? Did he play that? Uh, yeah, Ruin of the No. He played the year before in Ruin of the Poor. Okay. Right, they were right. so sick. I remember one day I said, <laughs> I said some band was better than Creed. And he's like, you're smoking Drano. And I was like, you're probably right. I do live in Ramblewood. Jacob's great. I love him. I miss him. Yeah. He and I are pretty good buddies. Yeah. On and off, I guess. I Does mean, he still play music? Um, I don't really know. I mean, we talked about like jamming some acoustic stuff together like That's a few fun. years ago, but like we never really did it. Um, He's a busy dude, you know. Yeah. He's got a busy job. He's got a lot of kids, um, and yeah, I don't know. I haven't talked to him in a while, but he's like I, I loved watching Rune of the Poor. They were so good. He had a awesome. I remember specifically going to the Quist House and seeing the band practice room downstairs and being like, "Yeah, this is professional." I worshipped their parents for that. <sighs> like, I can't believe you. Like, you actually let your kid be in a band and let them practice here. Mm-hmm. Well, like, they could what be out the doing frick is wrong with you? They could be doing something terrible. I, exactly. And they just supported that. And that band got freaking good. Yeah. They tore it up. Um, yeah. I, he was at the uh, very first Still Remains, like... When was the first Still Remains show? Um, I think it was January, two, like, 2001. Okay. Or, uh... It was New Year's Eve, I think going into 2002. So, so like, 2001, 2002? Yeah. Wow. I'm like a month away from joining the Navy then. So I never I never actually saw that, that era. Yeah. Um, so you, you get the band going with Jordan finally after Shades of Amber kind of disbands. Did you guys ever record anything with Shades? Yeah, we did, actually. Uh, do you remember Drew Costa? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he like recorded us. He was, I feel like he was naked like the whole time. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> sorry, Drew. I just threw you under the bus. Oh, good. <laughs> um, but like, uh, yeah, he recorded like three or four songs, I think. That's cool. And yeah, I don't, I don't know if we ever really did anything with it. We might've like posted them online or I think, one of them was circulating a bit in the song Inquiry that we did. I wrote it on the guitar, and it was just really melodic and kind of simple. And that's the one that everybody kind of sang along to or whatever. But that's I think that was the song that kind of circular, like circulated around online. Now, was it was was there issues that came to? happen was because everybody who's listening to this i'm gonna assume they're either fans of your band or friends of ours like or future listeners why welcome um but i want to say if you've been in a band and when it ends it sometimes it can be really shitty or it can be 
really positive yeah. or it can be just suck Maybe. ass completely. Was it a good split at the time? Um, I mean, it could have been like really dramatic. I don't think it really was. Mm-hmm. I don't really think it was. I mean, we all really respected each other and loved each other, but like at the same time, I mean, I, I, th- it's really hard for me to remember like why we broke up. And I think it was because I quit. Yeah. And I think that I quit because we were like not either not progressing quick enough or we weren't like practicing enough. And I just kind of got irritated. I'm like, I got this creative, like, I want to, I want to make music, you know, like right. I want to get better. I want to work harder, you know. It's funny enough, that's why I joined the Navy. The band I was in at the time was like my one creative outlet. I, I'd kind of given up because I, my dad, I thought, was sending me to film school. And literally, I was like, okay, well, my only creative outlet is this band. And if we don't record something, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing as hard as I can. Yeah. If they don't do it, like, I have to just move on because these are the, creatively the, the best group I can find that we have similar interests with. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing. Like, one night or after Nick didn't show up to practice for like the third or fourth time, I said, All right, I'm joining some. I'm going. Gonna yeah. go see the world for five years. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, yeah, you're not going to come around. Well, fuck you then. Yeah. And it was, and again, like you said, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's a professional thing. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's fuck you, but it's like, I love you still, but like, this isn't going to work right, right now. It's like I'm, a breakup. I'm, it's like, I'm irritated with you because you're not giving me this, like, I guess you're not giving me what I feel like I, I want or, in a professional or, or need, capacity. you know, in a, yeah. And yeah. It's, it's not like a, you're not meeting my needs, so like fuck you. I'm gonna yeah. go get my needs met elsewhere. You know right. what I'm saying? I'm gonna mean, find my find my way to push. And it's not. It's it has nothing to do with how much we love our friends and bands we've been in, or yeah. or you know what I mean. It like, probably just comes off really disrespectful. Like I can't even imagine. I remember when I like. Um, when still remains like eventually got back together like way down the road. Uh, you know we were we had written two songs and. Evan was involved in the band then. He was kind of like getting back together with us, you know. Um, but we were talking about just like being able to do a show here and there or maybe like a weekend tour once in a great while or, you know, festivals or who knows. Right. Who knows? Just, just we, we would entertain the opportunities. I think that he was nervous that we were maybe going to start playing like a lot or, or, just because of the talk that was going around. Um, Shout out Evan Wiley. Willie. Willie. Evan Willie, yeah. I mean, I like to call him Squishy because I squish him when I see him with hugs. Yeah. He's uh, one of the best dudes on the planet. He's too. really great. Um, Shout know. out Density's Child. It's his <laughs> Dens- new band. <laughs> Density's Child, yeah, it's hilarious. He's such a talented guy, and yeah. he's so freaking funny. Um, I love Evan seriously so much i love him like a brother we've always had a really brotherly relationship uh, relationship um evan like i i don't see him or talk to him much mm. but when we do like we have so many laughs and we actually connect on a really big level like he um he and i we had such a long time in the band where we were really at odds with each other and a lot of that was me i think you know i was just really irritated with him yeah you know um just kind of had a i kind of had a hard time i get you um but and he knows it 
you know, he knows it, but he was having a hard time with me, you know? I was super moody, super emotional, and I was going through so much stupid shit. But um, Evan's Evan's just a wonderful freaking guy, and I just love to see him. You know, he and I have talked so much of this out, um, and, yeah, I'm just so glad that dude's still my buddy. Oh, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, that's... The, like we we said it with my last podcast he's like, a brother when it, when it ended like it's the it feels sad and it's hard but it's like you have so many memories with somebody you know what i mean yeah like in life's short as it is so when you get a wealth of what is basically priceless you want to fucking hold it to your heart and keep it so yeah i'm glad because like i said i see him and he's a he's a care bear but you yes. so you you start off with still remains new year's eve you guys are like <laughs> we're gonna fucking trick over the goddamn country <laughs> well the world you you did do an international jaunt but like oh yeah talk through a little bit of that and like when you realized it was going to be like a big deal and shit like that um I don't know. Like that, that first show was really cool. Um, people were excited because, you know, there were a lot of people that liked Shades of Amber and the little, you know, in the little small like places that we played. You know, they'd fill up and people were stoked. You At know? the time, was it well, maybe like hundred cap rooms or something? You but know, 50. like the rooms you played was it like skeletons at the time? Um, yeah, we played skeletons. We packed out skeletons when it was upstairs. Nice. Originally. Um, the freaking fl- I just remember the floor just feeling like it was moving when we would do like the floor shows <laughs> it's crazy oh yeah um but yeah and you know just like little just little weird places anywhere we could play mm-hmm. anywhere we could play um <clears throat> hey look at my cat's ass <laughs> future band you fucking jerk get down, I'm trying Bubba. to inspire get down, Bubba. y'all get down Bubba so I so love you y- you're having these awesome shows yeah and but we broke up though, you know, like it was kind of the same situation. Um, you know, shades of amber wise, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, like with Jordan, you know, when Jordan Gilliam was in the band originally, um, it was kind of at the point where when he left and then we got Steve Shallert, that was kind of the point where we were starting to like do legitimate tours without being signed right on what was your first big tour um the i mean the first big one i guess i don't really remember i guess maybe i felt it was big even though it was small smaller rooms was when we were out with like really early on i don't remember if it was like pre-haste the day when it was just like us in the bowels of Judas, or or if it's when it was all three bands, you know, when we toured together, um, or if we just did a, a tour with Haste today without the bowels of Judas, I can't remember because we've done like all of that, <laughs> like oh wow, all to like you know at least like month long tours like that. Um, so it was like right around that that time, and uh, we had rec- recorded an EP. And I just remember selling so many. Now, where did you record that EP? <clears throat> we recorded it down in Indiana um, at this guy, uh, Azmuth's Studios. Um, I think we paid like $2,000 for 
Oh, right on. To get it done. That's um, not too bad. And we we had a, a contact of our manager, our management that was interested in doing the artwork, I guess. Now, um, how does it go? How do you go about getting management? Was that just something you got an email at your band? I mean, I, I guess I don't really know if there's like a standard way. Yeah. To, I guess, you know, you could find management all sorts of ways. I mean, if you're looking to go that route, I would suggest at least just sending things out to people. I mean, we tried that. We put together, I feel like we put together like a like a packet of some sort and we sent it to whoever we could. Now, is that one of those things where you have to get like band glamour shots and some <laughs> like like yeah, like a, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Like a bio that's like, "We're still remains. Our name means this. By the way, we're Aquarius, and our son is Capricorn, or whatever." <laughs> yeah. Like, is it one of those like long? Was it a long drawn out process for you guys sending that stuff out, or did it all happen pretty quick? I think it happened kind of quick. I think we just got some pictures taken uh, from a guy that Evan worked with, Juan. Oh, cool. He took just tons of pictures of us all the time. Um, there was like an article in the in the press that he they used some of the pictures, or maybe we actually had a photograph, like a photographer coming out from the press. I can't remember. Um, but you know, I mean, we just had these photos, and we just we we had somebody type up like a bio for us, and then we had our demo with it or something like that. Right, on. you know. Um, but the way that we got our manager was different. I mean, Jordan knew him from some like mutual friends and um we were doing this like 10 day tour it was the very first tour we ever did we went like from here down to florida and back and we had a bunch of shows and it was cool um and on the way back i think it was like this the last show or the second to last show was in kentucky and they had arranged it so it was a show that that Mark was booking. It was, you know, the, our manager, I think he was booking it. And it was a Haste the Day show. Hmm. And I had no clue who they were at the time. You know, I don't Did think the really. Um, I don't know if they ever listened, or if they had listened to him, maybe like after talking with Mark or something. Or they, they, may, they may have. Um, I wasn't super familiar. They hadn't been signed to Solid State yet. Oh, okay. So they were kind of like working on that. They were kind of like. You know, the still remains of down there mm -hmm. where they were very popular, like in their town. And maybe they were just starting to do some tours, you know. Um, but they, you know, they had a head start with Mark and he was already like negotiating deal for them and things like that. And then seeing them all of a sudden on stage at Cornerstone and they had a huge following. It was like, wow, that's awesome. Um, and then like the next year we played and we were friends with them at the time. We had a huge following under our time. It was freaking sweet. Oh. Um, but like, what's that feel <clears throat> like when you've got like you, you know, you're, you're putting your passion out there and then like finally, you know, you've got the EP and like you feel rewarded probably like i've i've been in that situation where i've played full houses and it it does feel incredible but yeah. i'm wondering what it was like for you it was really cool i mean it's it's there's so many different feelings 
mm-hmm. and emotions that go into it. But it's like want for one, it's like a drug because you just you just want to play and you want to create and you just want to play and you just want to create. And it's just the whole thing is just so fun to mm-hmm. be just to be a musician, especially at a young age. Um, but then. You know, if you're mentally ill like this guy is, you know, for sure. (laughs) Like, you struggle with that a lot, you know, if you're an artist. Um, But then, uh, you know, you're dealing with other people and and things that they have going on that you are either cool with or you're not cool with. And for whatever reason, it affects a guy like me. I'm a singer, you know, so, like, it it just affects... Everything affects you so deep, you know. Did did, did you... Did you ever, do you think you ever were able to like take the time in to appreciate it though? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially in the like earliest days, I think, you know, there was so much just passion there, you know, between all of us, not just me. I mean, everybody was just like, I don't know. We were just, we were just going, we were just pursuing it. We just loved it. We put our all into it. And that's like, you were 21, 20. Um, let's see. I was 2000. That, that was around like 2003 when all of that was like happening. Yeah. 2003, maybe like early 2004. So I was, yeah. 21. Yep. 21. You were legal and ready to party. Yeah. Speaking of party, you guys do a lot of partying? Um, not, I mean, not like a, not a lot of like partying, like a rock star. It's just I mean, Fago and 64 and Goldeneye. <laughs> I mean, Hey, that sounds like the ultimate party. <laughs> I know, right? Yep. Uh, but no, I mean like we would, you know, as far as partying goes, like we were all pretty like, like for a couple years, pretty like anti or not anti, but we just didn't go there you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like here and there we'd get like a drink like if we were playing at a bar let's do a shot guys all right yeah or like you know like i'm kind of having a rough day out on the road you know we're playing a bar tonight like i'm gonna drink this long island because it tastes good right like not necessarily not even know that it's five alcoholics you know five different alcoholics Uh, yeah just all mixed together or whatever did you now did you see a lot of partying on the road though um not 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 really. I mean, I guess there's different stages of partying. So, like, I mean, for a while, um, you know, we would, I would cons- almost consider a party because, like, even in the, like, younger days, we were just so goofy. Oh, if, yeah. You know, some kid, like, brought us back to their house to stay overnight, and we would just, like, prank each other and joke around and, <laughs> and make, like, like home movies and, you know, mm-hmm. songs and, like, the commercials, you know, <laughs> starring everybody. Yeah. And so much of that was so much fun. So much yeah. fun. I was such an introvert though. I struggled with wanting to be involved with a lot of it, yeah. but uh I remember we had some really good times doing that. Did that change as you got to know them? I mean, I I would assume cuz like for yeah, me, I did. there's friends that I have. Yeah. And then there's bandmates <laughs> slash guys I served in the in the navy with. Yeah. Like because we live together, basically, it's almost like it's a pseudo kind of co-mingling, mar- like a marriage of two people, not like, you know, whatever, every, teach their own. But like all the guys that I was in the service with, like we were around each other 24-7. Yeah. Like we knew what each other's fart smelled like. We knew <laughs> what each other's favorite cereal was, where, where not to put shit on the floor, you know, where one guy was going to end up at the end of the night because he, you know, always pregames too hard, you know, like favorite movies, the girl back home's name, 
and for you being on tour that I'm sure there were girls back home because I think I'm pretty sure Evan going into it would have been married right um he got married within the first year I think of the band he yeah. was the first one to get married and start having kids and everything and he's <clears throat> Number one dad, right next to Zach. He's the same kind of yeah. The people we we shoot for. Oh yeah, they're they're great. They're the greatest. So you, but you, um, you weren't married at the time, right? No. Okay, so t- talk me through that. Um, so you guys play Cornerstone. Yep. Still remains as hot and heavy. You meet Haste the day. Yep. You're chugging along like. Did you get signed right away? Was it? Did you have the album in the back burner? Were you working on the album? Um, we did some of those like initial tours, you know, uh, without being signed for like quite a few months, maybe the majority of a year. I, I, I just can't I can't recall. But it was a good chunk of time. I feel like, uh, and <clears throat> we generated just a buzz. That's right when like HXC MP3 was taking off, and that turned out to be kind of a national thing. Uh, Jarrell Van Oss made that in, in, at high school. I don't know if you oh, ever. Oh wow! Yeah. So so you so this is a kind of a side question. Do you how do you feel about that era? Because that would have been like what the Napster era. So people are downloading probably downloading your stuff for free. It was post Napster, yeah, but it was like. LimeWire, something like that. Yeah, LimeWire, Pirates Bay, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was right around that era, I feel like. Um, But we we put it up there. I mean, we we made like a profile and everything on the on their page, and we put it up there, and it it fucking took off. Yeah, it was nuts. That was like holy crap and then all of a sudden all these other bands start showing up on there like man i remember seeing like as i lay dying and like the early early august burns red and the chariot and um even like fucking pop evil yeah they were on it yeah um and i just it did a lot for so many bands it got the word out yeah it got the word out it, it was all free. Jarrell didn't charge anything to these bands. You know what I mean? So it just it was kind of like, it was like a way, like a like a hard line right to your eardrums. You That's know? awesome. It was it was great. So you you for you it's like, I mean for me too it was the same thing with with my band Lights at Sea. Like we were on the top ten on Waffles one day. Yeah. Like somebody showed me a screenshot. I'm like what people download like i i download music but other people download mine like that just felt i'm i'm sure that was insane for you to 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 feel that like oh my god people are listening to our stuff yeah yeah when you start seeing those like that's another thing that's like another like addiction or something like when you start seeing those numbers go up you're like checking it like do you feel like maybe that was a precursor for us to understand what social media was going to do to our kids (laughs) probably it's probably in there somewhere maybe this is a stony thought but i'm seriously thinking that because of that i understand why they have such an addiction to their phones yeah because they get that little bit of like dopamine release. Oh yeah. Oh, somebody liked it 19 times or whatever. <laughs> yep. It's like that's my lucky number. Let me check my horoscope. <laughs> but like so you get this rush, you're selling. Um did you guys get a lot of offers right away? What was what was that like? I mean, when we kind of we like locked in the management right around that time. Um he you know, he really liked what he saw when he saw us play live and he, he worked 
he worked with us for free for a long time before and after we were signed actually um but he uh he played a big part in the label shopping and in getting things to a more professional place uh and then getting things out to the the bigger labels he had some contacts and he I mean, he was a young guy too. You know, he was my age. And he, do you still talk to him? Um, once in a great while. Yeah, not super often. But do you have anybody that you met that you like swap contact info that you wish you could like get back in touch with from like those days? Yeah, yeah. There are there are people that I've tried to reach out to, but then just have gotten no response. Like they haven't seen it. They probably are just. Well, too, they're just too busy at this point. I see. I wish I had that ability. Sometimes I'll reach out to somebody from the past, and it's like there's no real reason for me to. I just want to know like how their life's been, like anything, because yeah. they're like offline. So like I'll find like an old email or something. Because I had a few buddies like that, especially right before I joined, and I'm like, did they fall down a weird? tube slide into like another dimension did i dream that person up like you know what i mean yep so you're on the road yeah management gets your kind of seal the deal comes through or like what, yep. what, what the was deal that? comes through we had a bunch of offers and we just kind of worked those offers the best we could mm -hmm. and we ended up on roadrunner um, fucking amazing and uh it kind of just went from there. I mean, yeah. you know, at that point, you know, we didn't have many songs ready for the record. And the thing was, is that we were at this, like, it was almost like a slight, like, turning point in the road of our sound, you know. Um, we had just done this EP, and Steve played guitar and sang um, before Mike joined, and and uh, like when Steve left left the band, when Steve left the band, I'm like tripping over my words. Oh, when Steve exited the band, <laughs> um, I it forgot was, what your nickname was, Boba Dope, eighty six, <laughs> <laughs> Bob Dob, <laughs> Dob Bob, Bob Dob, something. <laughs> oh God! So like when Steve exited the band, um, I think he was more of in a spot creatively. Um, t he gravitated more of that like under oath, like early under oath, like they're only chasing safety. You know, they were like this like super heavy metal band for a while, and then all of a sudden they put that out mm -hmm. when they they got a new singer, and it was just almost like complete black and white. You know, and he loved that, like he loved that sound, um, and we kind of lost his early beginnings of gravitating toward that, you know? Um, whereas Jordan at the time was really like just so into, um, his newfound loves and in, in flames and soil work and, um, the children of Bodom. Um, Ooh. Oh yeah. Uh, was super into like Gothenburg metal at the gates. Still, still huge, still really important. Um, well, he did look like the modern version of Nikki Six. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. But I mean, In Flames was his absolute favorite. You know what I mean? So he was definitely going down more of that, like that metal path. You know what I mean? 
So, but then we also loved, you know, the, the things that were more rhythmic, like the As I Lay Dying, the more chuggy and more, you know, more groovy. You're like, okay, guys, I get it. Less thrash. The you next know. song's got to be Tony Braxton infused, though, okay? <laughs> exactly. Zach's like, I got this. Yeah, I got to pull from those influences. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I think Roadrunner might have been thinking that they, like, maybe they, like, they scored big in, in the beginning because I think that they were thinking that maybe we would lean f- farther toward the the singy mm-hmm. uh less heavy less aggressive the less aggressive portions of the band right um not to say that i mean steve brought a lot of aggressiveness too when he was in still remain so i will say that for sure he, t- he totally did um so not that he didn't <laughs> love you steve no it's all good man um but then you People know styles right so i think that when he departed it was kind of like all right well the, the clash is kind of gone stylistically i think we all kind of wanted to, to be the singing. a little the like just heavier we wanted to be a heavier yeah. band you know the singing stuff was gone uh, yeah not, not gone i mean we wanted to incorporate like the melodic part of the band we, we didn't want to lose that part you know we still wanted to be melodic were you happy with that direction though like did it did it align kind of with you like lyrically um it 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 did in in spots i think that like in the very very early days i think i was just so excited to be in a band right you know but also in those early days there were those times where you know i was more and i was more into like the the more like chaotic bands that i was being introduced to at the time you know like i was even though it was a couple years prior i was still really into like zayo um the earlier norma jean stuff was super chaotic amazing Um, i mean that that all led to like stuff that i could have seen you doing too right i know and and we had still remain songs that were like that yeah people don't really know about them we just gotta dig them out somewhere we have we have them recorded somewhere um so we had some more you know like dissonant um uh, more chaotic you know like bocce kind of stuff that kind of well now modern metal heads might call it like gent or whatever that weird term is <laughs> it's not a genre according <laughs> to periphery but the it's interesting that like that all coalesced properly even though, like you said, you were just kind of like, I'm in a band. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you get on Roadrunner, you record your first album. What was that like being in, you were in a big studio that for the first oh, time? Oh yeah, it was, it was crazy. I mean, so many bands have recorded there. It's uh, what's this? Do you remember the name of the studio? Yep. So the, you know, we were, when we recorded drums, we did drums first, obviously. And we were on the mainland in Vancouver, Canada, and um you know we were at uh, brian adams studio whoa i think it's called the warehouse studios the warehouse studio okay and uh you know garth richardson did our record and he was there you know doing the drums and whatever and then for whatever reason we took a ferry from like after the drums were done we took a ferry boat from the mainland to an island called i think it's gibson or Gibson's Gibson Island. Right? Sure. Yep, just right off the coast of Vancouver. And Garth lived there. It's a there's not there's not much of a population there. I mean there there is it's a small population, it's a small town, and he kinda had some land. Um 
kind of out in the middle of nowhere on the island and it's not a big island but um if you can just imagine it i mean there's like you know there was this house in the woods and then like i don't know a couple hundred feet away there was a small cabin and that's where we stayed um we slept there, you know, in the main house, uh, you know, is where his, him and his wife lives. Um, and then there's another like cabin as well, where like the engineer would stay and they're like nice cabin, you know, they have like all running water and heat and electricity, internet. So you did know. You, what did you guys do while you were record, like recording? Did you hang out in the cabin primarily or, you know, he had like so many movies cause at oh, the time, wow. you know, at the time, 2000, Three, you know, well, this, man. this was like 2004. This okay, like 2004. Okay. Sweet. So, I mean, he had so many movies. He had so much music, uh, and I mean, the thing that sucked is that like we were there in the winter and there just wasn't much sunlight. We we would just get like like three or four like hours of sun a day. <laughs> oh wow! And uh, but like he he had this beautiful land and he had this huge like distant golf course on it Ooh. and it was it was like through the woods and through these like big fields and it was like up kind of a, a, this huge hill with these beautiful trees it just i don't know i can't really no i get it i, I mean it's you. just i mean i'm trying to paint a picture no i get <laughs> uh, it's uh it's a very gothic darky cabiny yeah kind of yeah, yeah yeah i mean every day was really gray you know <laughs> if you just think of like the witch it, you ever it, see the witch yeah i, I yeah, love of that. course you've seen the witch robert eggers you know. man yeah so like shit. just a Imagine it like out there, just with some hills and more trees. Yeah, I got you. So <laughs> that sounds fucking rad. But it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I mean, it was really beautiful out there. I mean, right by the ocean as well. You know, totally. So yeah. of love and lunacy, right? Yep, that's where that was recorded. Yep. Now, did you guys? You, you mentioned movies and music. Was there like a movie that you guys quoted, or like, uh, like a? inside joke that came about from there because i know bands we tend to make bust each other's chops and i gotta imagine there was some fun oh had. man yeah we had a ton of fun i got stories for sure for sure um but as far as like making it onto the record i don't think there was much, much i don't think that. there no i don't think there really was i don't think there was thinking back did you have a you didn't have a movie or anything you guys watched? I mean, yeah, there we had movies that we watched. I mean, it, there was a lot of like like Pantera <laughs> movies, and there was a lot of like uh, I, mem- I remember watching like ACDC at Donington. It was just ridiculous. Okay. Um, Fucking love that band. There were just I don't know. I can't remember like more of the like just normal acting movies. You know, it was, it yeah. was like the the music documentary stuff. Uh, That's there was cool. A, there was. A, I mean, I think that we were just super stoked to be on Roadrunner, I guess, at the time. There was, like, a Slipknot live DVD that was freaking sweet. Uh, yeah, I, I said it before, I think, on this show, on the debut episode, the new Metal one, that the loudest show I've ever been to was Slipknot yeah. at the Orbit Room. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah. Fucking Clowny was jumping around, smashing a toaster. I was like, wow. Yeah. That's what that's what you need to do in life, is be the clown from Slipknot. Yeah. Yep, Sean, he's a creative force for Slipknot, for sure. True, he true. Is. Did you ever get to meet those guys? Uh, personally, I, I met Corey once. Um, Jordan, like, Jordan recorded with Corey. Wow. Which is so cool. He did it on the uh, Roadrunner United record. It was, like, right around 2005 or six. Um, and 
so he did a song that had Corey on it and he did you know a song that had Howard from Killswitch at the time Howard was like brand new to Killswitch mm-hmm. um, and then he did a song um, I'm trying to remember who else was on the songs but he got to hang out with some cool people like oh Paul Gray from Slipknot R.I.P. as well oh god um, yeah so you know Jordan Jordan knew Paul you know they would text and stuff like that so they were you know I think kind of like forming a friendship more or less you cool. Know, like over the couple of years that they talked, was okay. So, um, you know what? Why don't we play a song and take a break? And when we come back, we'll get into the more the history of the band as it as it goes on, and then we can talk about like future stuff, okay. plotting and whatnot. But um. I have, I have a song that I really want to play. Um, so this is my personal favorite Still Remains song, if that's okay. During Whatever. <laughs> He's like, fuck you, man. You do it's you. my shit. You do you. Um, but no, I, I, I remember in, I think it was 2012, when you did your last full release for Still Remains, I was... I saw this song get posted at some point and I was just like, oh my God. Oh, sweet. So, here we go.
Hey, Bubba. <laughs> Hi. That Back was magical. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. It was magic. Oh man! So we got to hear a little bit of a little bit of the still remains. It's uh, off the last release, ceasing to breathe. That's like so, when you when you like can't breathe anymore. What? <laughs> yep. That's when you're when you stop breathing. That's what that means. <laughs> well, thank you for the insight. Yeah, yeah. I am a reporter for the Grand Raggedy. Uh, <clears throat> which, by the way, did you know there's a, a podcast about Grand Rapids local history? I think somebody mentioned it to me. I don't yeah. remember if it was you it might or somebody. I don't know. I'm not sure. I haven't listened to it. Yeah, I don't <laughs> it's know. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy and it's really good actually. It's it you find out stuff you would have never like like for instance, did you know there were two ships named the USS Grand Rapids? No. Yeah. No idea. The more you know. The more you know. Anyway, um I love having you here, man. So let's let's talk more. Let's dive in to the times. I got my swimming trunks on. I'm ready to. I'm ready to jump in. So it's a beaner over there. Hi, beaner. Oh boy! Somebody hit me in the face with an anvil. <laughs> and ever since then, I've been the cutest kitty in all the land. Come here, baby. Come on. So you're on road return. You record in a beautiful gothic cabin. You guys are like ACDC fucking rips. Let's rip on the road. <laughs> so t- tell me, tell me about the tours. Like, um, where were some of the coolest places you played? Uh, <clears throat> I mean, there's certain places in every country, I guess. Like, and every like major place. So like, um, obviously, like if we if we're touring in the U.S., I would say you know at home is. You know, here in Grand Rapids is like the best, but back then, like we had such a, a massive following in, in Indianapolis, um, and then we we did really well in like California, um, and then we did really well in just very random places, very random places. But then there were also a lot of places where like you know. 20 kids would come out <laughs> so sometimes those are the best shows they can be depending just depending right it's really just depending on where everybody's headspace is you know um and the energy in the room and just the vibe you know there's so many things that come into it at least for me you know like i'm like a sponge you know it's like i need access to like a good vibe i need like access to um good thoughts i need access to good lighting i need i need to feel the the whole experience you know, totally. to kind of like just determine how the night's going to go. Yeah, it's it's tricky how and it, it can all be changed in instant. It's like you need access to the crowd. Mm-hmm. And if you can't connect with the crowd, then, you know, or if they're uncomfortable because there aren't many people there and they're just kind of standing there with their beers or whatever. <laughs> and like, how do you how do you play extreme metal and impress these people? You know what I mean? So it's just, some of it is just like so awkward. What is, what would you say are some of your favorite shows you've ever played? Man, so many different types. Um, I have a very, like, I think that if I could go back and do something different with still remains 
know like i don't have regrets with what we did but like if i could go back i guess and just do something different like i think i would just play like more floor shows like more you know like try to just become bigger in the underground i guess uh play all those like legion hall type shows like the there's like the uncomfortable punk rock shows where the ceiling fucking sweats and i get you know like it they're tough all right i mean they're really really tough they're tough for everybody like everybody's afraid to slip on the floor or or like it just gets so hot in there but like you like at the end of the night you you feel like it's like this primitive thing and it's i don't know if it's like this like super manly thing but it's it's like you feel like you were just like in a war zone and you came out and you fucking are the most victorious person ever and you're just like oh my god i can't believe i did that Mm -hmm. and and everybody's looking at you going like you're my hero you're my hero you know what i mean and so you're you're just like you're just feeling like the best you're just feeling just awesome so it's like this emotional <clears throat> catharsis from for me release. you know i can i can only speak for myself but but yeah absolutely you, and I, and i would assume in, in in those floor shows you meet the real fans like the people who are coming oh to multiple yeah shows. like they they get right in your face people. they're right there wanting to like share the microphone they're right there like making sure that everybody around them is like okay and but they're like so fixated like right on you and you're just like oh my god like (laughs) it's gonna be okay like it's just just chill you know like just just be cool man just be cool man and then and 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 10 out of 10 times and maybe there's a fraction down from that of the 10th part of the fans are like the coolest people yeah they they are open open their homes and their hearts yep and they're like your music is fucking rad and it's like i mean there is a level of that too that's kind of almost hard to deal with at times when it's like i don't know if you're like you have this too but like any sort of accolades can be tricky because i don't know like bands are a group effort you know so it's like you don't want to be the and I, I know you were never this, but like those those classic '80s or maybe before that, or even current like frontman types who are like it's the me show, you know. Yeah. I always got the the vibe that you were a group, not a a one man thing. Ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were there were some things for sure. Like I don't know if I ever really had an ego. Mm. Um. Maybe that's. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I did. I guess I don't know. <laughs> it's just it's it's really hard to kind of explore that. But um, did you think about other people? Oh yeah. Then that I'm an empathetic you, person. You, you if you um, if as long as you're conscious, you're you're. I, I promise you, you're you're okay. It's okay. I mean, you have to also call into context the fact that you were in your early twenties. Oh, still learning so many things. Yeah. Like, like I, what I, is, I feel like I was still a baby. You, know? you were a baby. Because think of think of when you're driving down the road and you see kids when you were that age. Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, yeah. baby, you yeah. still got a pacifier in your mouth. Pretty much. You know? Yep. So I get it. But, and I, I bet, you know, your age calls into context, like, where you are maturely. Oh, yeah. And so, like, your decision makes, I mean... I know I rushed into marriage, but like, what was it like dating or like during that time? Was it, I mean, I was in a serious relationship. I mean, I think like, okay. Not to get too auto. No, 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 it's fine. Um, 
I dated somebody like in the early Still Remains days, like up pretty much to the point or just after we signed or no, it was after it was like we broke up during mixing of Love and Lunacy. That's when that relationship ended. So the cabin was even darker. No, the cabin was all right. It, <laughs> it was a struggle to be away from each other. You know? Yeah. But then, like, I spent a year single, mm-hmm. and then, you know, through, like, touring for the first, like, year of the album, I was single for that. And then for the rest of the band, I was in a, another serious relationship. Um, but, you know, we were the kind of band that, like, didn't really talk to girls on the road right much i mean there was some here and there you know i mean but we didn't sleep with people you know we we didn't ever go down that good that midwest boys yeah exactly so i mean but you know everybody was very committed to their wives and girlfriends like whereas where you know i had that time where i was single you know like you could meet somebody you could make out with somebody or something like that, you know, like if you hit it off with some random person in a night, but like, uh, but I mean, we were all church going boys and whatever. And, you know, like and, I was, sex was scary. It was just like, I didn't even know like what it was. How does this even work? So I'm a baby. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's like, I'm, I'm still the same kid from back then. Like, I don't think that that will ever, ever change. I'll always be a kid, but like, I feel as though, because of the things that I have gone and done and gone through and gotten through and, and whatever, you know, especially with, with music um, and being married and, and everything. It's just, uh, you. there's so much that changes. Your life just completely changes. And it, it's like when you look in the mirror, sometimes you don't see that you're the same person, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, for sure. Um, you know? Being, you know, just a house and kids and pets and careers and whatever else. But, like, uh, I still have a very, like, strong connection to that time. Mm-hmm. You know, that time was just huge for us. It was huge for me. And it impacted us all in different ways. And it was just, it was a beautiful thing. It was just, we were the luckiest guys in the world to experience what we got to experience. And, uh, you know, I... I I would love <laughs> to to play a, like I haven't played a show in like three or four years. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not I'm not necessarily. I mean, you know, I would love to play a show with Still Remains, but like I would just love to play a show in general. Well, you do. I mean, before we get too ahead of ourselves, you do have a show coming up in a May, right? Yeah. Yep. We are. Um, or no, not in May. Excuse me. Excuse me. It was just booked. We are playing a show. In October. October. Right, right, right. Yep. We are playing a show in October. With awesome. Ace, yeah, with Ace the Day, of course. Very cool. <laughs> where is the show at? Um, down in Indianapolis. Oh, nice. And yep. that's where you had like the pretty solid yeah. following. For that's that that's their hometown. And I think that that's really where, um, you know, they're responsible for that. You know, if we didn't have Ace the Day, we wouldn't have the fans that we have in, in Indianapolis. So it's, you know... That's we ha- cool. we have so many awesome memories playing there with them, mm-hmm. That's and awesome. and without them, but mostly with them. You know, we we played with them more than any other band down in Indianapolis. But uh, the shows were always killer. Their scene was killer. We had we made a lot of friends, um, and 
man, what a time. <laughs> Holy yeah. crap. Holy crap. Yeah. I, I, I love that city. I miss it down there a lot. It's a cool city. I mean, it's, yeah. what is it, th- four, five-hour drive? Um, it just it depends. It's like you can get there in four hours if you just go, right. you know. No but, pissing. Yeah, no pissing. I mean, I think it's taken me four and a half, five, four, you know, anywhere between four and five, I guess. Right on. Yeah. So you plan, you play these tours. Now you got you got to go to Europe. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we got to go to Europe a few times. We've been, you know, we have a very strong connection with the UK. Very cool. Very strong connection with the UK. Do you think you guys will ever play a show there again? I don't know. We we played there in uh, two thousand and nineteen, or or was it seventeen? Yeah, two thousand seventeen, uh, October of two thousand seventeen. And we did nine, nine dates, small clubs. Um, you know, we didn't have anything to promote. We didn't have like a, a PR company helping us out with press. We didn't really have a way to advertise it aside from just like online. Um, but there was a, there was a PR company that had reached out and, um, we did some sort of a deal with them and we took out a couple of, uh, good bands and, uh, it was just it was really fun it was like i got i got sick of course like i whenever i travel i get sick it just it just never fails my nose is like fuck you <laughs> you want to breathe <laughs> you want to breathe no <laughs> fuck you that's that's that is true i i had the same every time i moved in the navy i was literally like yeah, it was like the fucking my face turned into the fucking blob. I'm gonna put an infection where you breathe. How about this? How about you cease to breathe? <laughs> <laughs> so you like so you, you you the the shows are fun. Yep, they were. And it was we played a, a pretty cool set list too. We played we got to play a lot of those songs off ceasing to breathe, you know. And because we, we recorded that Sorry, I totally cut you off. No, no, no. Uh, that's what I wanted to ask. But be- before, you know, before we did that tour, we had only played, like, I don't know, two shows or something like that, like, with any material from Seasoning to Breathe, because we weren't really actively playing around at all, you know? I mean, we were all just so focused on careers and families and everything else. Um, we did go to Mexico for two days, and that was pretty cool. There was a cat outside, weird. <laughs> the cat just walked by my door. I hear there's some hot pussy. <laughs> so, so now I'm, in, I'm even more intrigued. So where was this show in Mexico? Um... It was in Tlaxcala, which is, I think it's a couple hours south of Mexico City. Okay. Maybe cool. it was like three or four hours south of Mexico City. Uh, and it, it's up on this mountain. And the air up there, like, dude, we had to, like, we drove to a spot. And then the only way to get up the rest of the mountain, there was this, like, there was like a, I don't know if it was like a farmer or a, there was like a guy that was paid to take you up and down the mountain and it was in a cart with a goat <laughs> or like a horse or something. was it a goat or a horse <laughs> was it a goat was it might have been a donkey honestly was it a gorse? and it like it literally like walked us up this fucking mountain oh to get God. where we were gonna play and um honestly like it was the coolest experience like the people there were wonderful. They were absolutely just, 
just hospitable and loving and kind. The food was perfect. You know, the food was just so authentic and just, just perfect. I mean, their cuisine is just, it's amazing. Amazing. It's so amazing. Um, but these, the people that put on the show, um, I mean, they're very, very religious. And I know that Storm Angels has kind of like a connection to that, but, uh, yeah, that's very complicated. <laughs> like, no, I know. Yeah. A anyway, conversation yeah, for another, another time. Podcast. Yeah, hey, we don't have to dive into that. That's a whole other deal. Midwest Religious 101 <laughs> with a couple of dads. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, they were just wonderful people. That's good. They were just wonderful people, just so loving. They They shared very personal stories. They listened to our very personal stories. They showed us just hospitality and love and food and awesomeness and it was the hardest shows i've ever fucking played ever really because you got sick again no (laughs) i didn't surprisingly yeah uh we all got sick afterwards though (laughs) we all got home and it was terrible we won't go into that either that's also a melty buttholes pretty much Pretty much, bud. Um, so you go to okay. So 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 the hardest shows you've ever yeah. Played. So because heat. It, no, actually, no, no. Like we were so high up on this mountain, the el- just being up so high, like the air was so thin. Yeah. So you know we're not used to be we're not used to having our lungs have to work that hard. Interesting. You know, so like up there, like trying to like really connect with songs on stage and you know get into the music and whatever like it's just harder on on you because well you know again i'm sure it's it's difficult for the other boys like for sure because i mean they're you know they're physically they're physically moving around whatever else i mean especially like aj you know his legs and arms are moving for the whole set that's his instruments uh for me it's my it's my lungs and my my voice and they work together you know, my lungs are almost more important than my voice. <laughs> I get you. Yeah. So, you know, like it was so hard to fucking breathe. And we played, uh, I feel like we played a very like metal thrashy set and um, just, it was tough. <laughs> it was just tough to keep, it was tough to like, just be able to breathe. I mean, but I, mean, I feel like we did a good job, That's you know, good. but I just remember like afterwards going like, man, like, I wanted to give like, a little bit more, but I was pulled back because you were. Yeah, or or I just I I felt like um, I I performed well and I got through the songs, and everything was cool. But like it was tough. It, that was really hard on my on my body, on right. my lungs. You know, my lungs were just like like really struggling to like get air. You probably you know? felt dizzy too from the lack of lack of oxygen. oxygen. Yeah, it, it, totally, totally. So, but you got through it. Yep. You're back here. Most of the guys are are still in the area, right? Yeah, everybody's around. Everybody's around. Zach lives like, I don't know, three miles away, if that. Uh, if there's anybody listening to this who's got a band and you're all back home, you guys should get together. Fucking roast some weenies. <laughs> I know. Fucking make a few drinks. Yeah, you know, like we need to. That's the thing. Like, you know, we got a lot of history. You yeah, know, we spent, I, I mean, not compared to most bands, honestly, because we, we weren't like active for like super duper long, but like, you know, there's definitely some history between us. We've, we've done a lot together. We've done some of the craziest shit in our lives together, you know? Yeah. Uh, so there's definitely like this 
brotherhood brotherhood absolute brotherhood um and me being the emotional guy struggle with some the introvert comes creeping yeah like i've I've got i've got weird issues from childhood that cause every relationship i have to be just a difficult thing for for, for both parties children of divorce man Uh, it's it's a thing yeah there's some deep-seated it is stuff too i'm sure oh there totally is and i i own up to all all the things that i'm responsible for i recognize those things thank god for therapy seriously do you now and i want to say any to any listeners for sure if you if you're on the fence on that sort of thing try it out at least once oh for sure i mean i totally recommend it um and if if the therapist that they put you with sucks just i mean yeah don't close the door in your mind just People Find are a new one. people are people. You, it's totally normal if you meet somebody that they just don't have anything for you to. If you don't feel like you can bounce something off somebody, I mean, you. There's a mild form of therapy. It's called having a best friend or a partner or whatever or a good family member. But like, definitely talking to somebody and getting getting stuff off your chest is so fundamentally a good thing it is one thing that will help is uh like if you go into it and you you know you're worried that you're not you know maybe that other therapist is just going to be super religious and just kind of come at you for that angle because there are therapists that do that um there are therapists that you know i believe at the office that i go or that i go to that are more i guess of a religious based experience um but if you're not into that i would maybe just like ask about that up front and just say hey just please don't pair me with somebody that's going to come at me from that angle because like if they do you're not going to get anything out of it you know that's going to be very tough or it could be very tough for you you know yeah not going to be but um just depending on the kind of therapy that you need or or whatever you know see if uh somebody could understand where you're at and just communicate that that's something that I'm not, I'm not here for, you know, and hopefully they'll be able to pair you up for somebody else or at least direct you to a different office or something. So, yeah. Yeah. And text your buddies. Oh yeah. That's very important. Send dirty memes. Don't anything. do, don't do what I do. <laughs> oh man. Don't do what I do. Oh my gosh. Hard on yourself too. No, friend. no, no, no. It's usually just like fucking don't say anything to anybody, but then just like throw it on Facebook. <laughs> Like, just, will somebody call me? Did somebody want to have lunch today? Why is it so hard not to have any friends in the Midwest? Yeah. Yeah, I get it. But, like, you guys are all still tight. Yeah. And you have a show coming up, so the, you, you know you at least got one solid hang coming. Yeah, we do. And you're yep. still working on music to this day. Now, what are you currently working on? Like, what, what can you can you talk about it at all? Are you holding it in? I mean, like a big fart <laughs> on the first date. You know, after we did the last record, this is what I will say. I'll go into this a little bit. After we did our last record, like Jordan and AJ were ready to just jump right in, and just keep the writing going keep the musical momentum going and uh maybe everybody felt that way i think for me i got tired and uh i got i was i was kind of creative i remember writing i wrote lyrics to two or three of the the songs um but i was really struggling because the guys were using reaper to demo and i had downloaded it on my stepson's uh 
computer that he had, or maybe it was my ex-wife's computer. I can't remember which one, but uh, I was kind of having a hard time with it. There was a lot of latency. I had no idea what I was doing whatsoever, even like from being in studios multiple times and, you know, seeing just the knobs that they turn and the, the, you know, the faders and everything else, you know, like I just, I didn't connect with the button pushing. I connected with the, just the environment that I was in, you know? Right. Well, you always had a guitar player. You could say, Hey, um, make your guitar do the, yeah. And he's like, I got you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so I mean, that's kind of how it went really. But you guys were all in and you were tired yeah. Do you think it? Do you think maybe that correlates with? And I, I hate to to push too hard on this aspect because it's slightly personal. But do you think that maybe your tiredness also correlated with your deterioration of your past relationship? Uh, with what? Like just being tired and like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of personal stuff that comes into play. I mean, dealing with addiction in my family is one of them um and relationship drama things like that you know like i come from kind of a weird traumatic childhood experience uh on a couple different levels i mean i mean i i i I don't mean to speak as though you know i had the worst off or anything because i certainly haven't i know many people that have gone through things that i just don't even know how i would even survive um but uh i think that i'm just kind of a super emotional guy so like it it everything affects me just like crazily you know what i mean so you put a guy like that in a situation where that's traumatic it's just like holy crap um but like where am i even fucking going with this right no 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 it's i feel like people can no (laughs) hey i'm i'm feeling the glow it's like wait a minute i'm high like why am i talking about this (laughs) why am i talking about this shit bring you to a magical glen oh look here's some delicious mexican food (laughs) um okay so i I, mainly what i was getting at is that a a lot of stressors can come about in life and sometimes that has an effect especially when you're in a writing process sometimes it can be like beneficial if it's a release and you're able to find a positive outlet yeah 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 yeah. so like getting candid about like going through the the stuff in the family like it's like when you're on tour you don't have much connection to to home you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so but it's like then the the little connection that you have is kind of difficult to navigate sometimes well you're you're it's it's keeping your mind preoccupied it is work is so positive for people and why a lot of times when people retire they just kind of go and die because honestly a lot of what work and what passions when it comes to projects do is it keeps the mind occupied yeah and that's why i think guys like us we always have to be involved in something to to a certain degree because it's it's just it's it keeps you from sitting there going i'll just take another nap i'll just sleep i'll just keep sleeping (laughs) you know and like having shows to watch with your honey and like playing games can 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 somewhat be an outlet but oh, it you, absolutely you, is. you need the creative yeah thing for you sure need the creative thing and that it kind of comes and goes it comes and goes like i've had such a difficult 
relationship with music like with anything outside of still remains and a lot of that is my inability to like really jump down um the rabbit hole with a daw you know i just don't have really the time to do it so like my limited knowledge has luckily luckily got me to the place i'm in now to where well, you have some of the like you've sent me some of the stuff and i like I was pissed, one, because it took me like four days to finally listen to it, and two, because I was like, oh, of course this is fucking amazing. Oh, thank you. And, you know, I'm always going to be a champion for you. I mean... Oh, right. I, I, like, I, I have to hand it to you, dude. Like, let me hand it to you right now. Oh. All right, give me a hand. Don't give me a hand. Okay, give me a hand. Uh, so, honestly, like, being in Glassfield, it was, you know, just a, a couple years ago, and just kind of like being in an environment where the three of you were like you should bring your guitar mm -hmm. you know because for me it was like uh well yeah i play guitar and i, I think everybody kind kind of knows i do maybe a little but uh i haven't played it really in a band since i was like in high school you yeah. know like so you know for me to like bring my guitar to practice and start messing with that with you that kind of just really put me on down a rabbit hole to just exploring and you're a super talented like guitar player like you use a lot of the cool like Thanks. alternative tuning styles that i love like that's as soon as somebody showed me i could drop the top string to d like <laughs> it was like my whole like my third eye was pried open yeah I'm right just like, what <laughs> everything's buzzy now this rules yeah so like yeah like and and i i loved hearing you kind of experiment with that stuff man that's that gets back to that like you mentioned like high school and the mentality and like how you would commit to it i think there's this essence we all want to commit to the creative process of that joy that we had as kids yeah like hearing those tapes or the CDs or even that first couple times you'd heard an amp, like a real amp turn on and yeah. it's like, whoa, there's magic in there. Yeah. We can make this thing do cool tricks, yep. man. And like uh, experimentation and like having fun with your buddies, that's that's the joy. Like for me, like sending somebody something with like a cool preset or like, hey, check out what I can do with this, you know, like I'm so glad that you are experimenting with that now too and like you know tinker tinker it's been it's been fun um yeah. i just i was doing garage band because i was going like all right well i don't know what i'm doing in a daw but like okay this thing comes on a fucking iphone <laughs> and i'm a noob my cat's got garage band yeah like i understand an iphone so i was kind of like well I mean, I'm, I'm not going to record into a phone. I'm not going to do that. Like, that's just a concept that, for whatever, my brain, that's that's a door that won't unlock. Like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, like, I'll record my guitar, like, little ideas into a phone. You right. know, just whatever. Which I remember you sending me before. Yeah, yeah, I know. Just, that's the only way it made sense for me at the time, you know. Um, but then you get to a point where you're just like, well, okay, since I'm, you know, I've been an iPhone guy for however many years, and I know it comes with GarageBand. I'm just going to get an iMac. Yeah. So then it, that, you know, it, that came. They've got a bigger screen to work on now, um, and working in GarageBand was just super cool. Um, really, really kind of user-friendly and easy, and that's coming from a guy. I, like, I still don't really understand so much of it, you know, but just 
the basics of getting like sound from your guitar into the program just from point a to point b and maybe throw some distortion on it is pretty easy to do you know it's Um, it's 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 one of those things you could you can buy a pack now and in within five minutes be hooked up to an interface and be here yep exactly that's the whole thing too you have to get an interface you gotta kind of learn that it's not super difficult um but like just going from there i mean just how you can make a drum track and all of a sudden like there's just drums playing on my song holy crap i can twist a couple knobs and change change the the beat a little bit yeah change the timing or whatever you want to do the tempo or whatever (laughs) but like it uh bless you (laughs) bless you (laughs) my wife's over there with the kitty my wife (laughs) my wife Mm -hmm. um but it got to a point where i was like all right i'm gonna download logic yeah it's kind of just like garage band on steroids you know apple's version of pro tools pretty much yep so i've been using that and i'm not great in it and whatever but it's it's helped me come up with some cool ideas or to to put some cool ideas down that i've been able to kind of sort of take at least make wave files and bounce them to friends exactly and that's really what's paying off that's really what's paying off and now that you're able to do that would you say that it's opened up more doors, like possibly for you? Yeah, it totally has. It totally has. Um, there's guys that I'm recording with right now uh, where the stuff to me just sounds so awesome. And it's really only because of being able to file share. Mm-hmm. It really so is. Cool. I mean, the, so like, you know, I'll record a demo and I'll just, I'll file share that. You know, and um, one of the guys that I'm work, working with might throw some guitar on it. Uh, just on top of kind of like the, I guess, skeleton of a, of a song that I'll just throw in there. You know, like I'll just, I'll make a drum track. Or if, uh, what, I'll, what I'll really do is like point A is like I'll just turn my fucking amp on in the basement and come up with a couple cool riffs. Mm-hmm. Then I'll make a click track, figure out what that tempo is throwing a drum track to the tempo or maybe even just record guitar to the click and then throw the drums in after the guitars in you know and then throw some bass on it whatever if i have any anything vocally in my head i'll just try to throw it down i'll try you know if, if there's anything that's coming to me at that point but then from do there you always do you always go ahead and save your ideas even if you're just kind of on the fence um not not if I'm I don't know if, if it's something that's like been in my head multiple times where I'm just like okay that was cool like I want to try that again mm-hmm. like okay I'll play that again okay that's cool yeah I like that mm-hmm. you know and it, you kind of get in a groove with the riff and you're just like all right I'm enjoying this this kind of fits the whole vibe of things that I'm trying to convey so um you know I'll throw a click down and track the riff just to see what I can do with it. You know, that's cool. From there, it just kind of, things just start growing. Yeah. You know, things just start growing and changing and, and whatever. So, uh, what's the, um, so, okay. So two more big questions and then we'll kind of wrap this bad bear up. Okay. So number one, um, now that you're a bit older, 
and I wouldn't say old, old, but like your uh, middle-aged well, man now. I'm old enough. <laughs> He's got right. the salt and pepper beard, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Beating the women off. Uh, but only, Get off me. But only one belongs to his heart. <laughs> uh, it's my wife. That's right. <laughs> Has one of the coolest proposals, I've, if not the coolest proposal I've ever seen. They went skydiving, ladies and gentlemen. It was, it was so romantic. It was cool. But, um... So, first question, what is something, like, you would recommend to anybody who's just starting out, like, any any amount of things, but what are some things that you would say, like, like, younger kid who wants to get into the type of music that you do, or just is interested in being a frontman or a singer? I would say do it, but do it for the right reasons. Um, do it for a, your, your, if you haven't like an extreme passion in music, I think you should pursue it. Um, and B, B, <laughs> because toughing it out in a van and basically like sleeping on a floor and a sleeping, in a sleeping bag or a dirty hotel eating shit every day. You know, like those are experiences. Unless you like that, it's totally cool. If you <laughs> yeah, well, just eat all the shit you want. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's really the experience of a lifetime. Yeah, I recommend that for absolutely anybody. You know, but do it for the love of music and just to connect to people through that love of music. You know, with whatever means you have, and if that's like holy shit, people are loving this so much and I'm getting famous and I'm going to go that route, then do it. I mean, absolutely do it. And if not, um, you know, there's life after music. (laughs) (laughs) There totally is. No, there totally is. The thing is it, he said, do it for the right reasons. And I think even a band that puts out one thing in their entire existence is still doing so much. Right, 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 right. And And the thing is too, is I guess what I wanted to say, Ryan is like, don't feel like if you don't get big that you need to stop because that's not the case at all either. You know, I mean, if it becomes impossible for you to live and you're just over it, then I I get it. It's not for you. It is. Or maybe seek therapy. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There were a couple of us that did that after the band broke up. I mean, goals, goals are a big thing in life, you know, pursue them and have a drive obviously. But like, I think what you're saying could would would definitely resonate with a lot of us from this area because like we all at some point wanted something that we maybe envisioned in our head but like the joy of it is really in the creative process yeah i mean we all want to put out a killer album but that's a goal realistically what we want to do is write good songs or yep. tell good stories. It's it's important to get down to the fundamentals of why you're doing anything that you're doing. For I sure. mean, that is super important. Why am I doing this? Ultimately, it comes down to the fact that I love music. True. I love creating. I It's therapy for me to make something and, and present it or to just make something for myself or just to keep my mind busy or to get my feelings out or to just enjoy time having fun playing an instrument yeah you know? dude yeah i mean that's awesome i i'm i'm glad that 
really glad we did this just because like I can tell a lot of a lot of younger people need to hear that. I just don't like the idea of like a lot of dudes with like delusions or anybody really with like delusions of grandeur because realistically, I mean, we both know people who've been super successful, I'm sure. And it's like Brad Pitt and, and Holly, Halle Berry are single, you know, they're not happy. (laughs) It doesn't mean when you retrieve some sort of God tier, you're going to just live on that. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Right. So, um, and last last question, what are some like stuff that you really dig, like huge influences currently for you? Currently for me, or, or like influences. recommend anything? Um, man, as far as like influences, as far as like the things that I'm writing anything. right now, or anything, man, or writing too. So many. I could just I'll just start naming all my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, you know. Uh, there's like. Like the uh, Nirvana, mm-hmm. uh, Botch. Um, Are you going to that show? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. Yep. Um, Reunion show. So, so uh, I have four tickets for Chicago. So Brandy and I will go. And as far as I know, Josh Stacy is going. And I've offered to Barnaby. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to take it. Um, if he does not, would you like to go? I would love to go. <laughs> All right, sweet. It's yours then. If, <laughs> if, uh, if Barnaby doesn't grab it, it's yours. You buddy. better be. You better be smart, Barnaby, or else <laughs> you heard it first. But anyway, so yeah, so keep going though. Influences botched. So um, no, uh, like Depeche Mode. <sighs> they're on tour too, I think. Yeah, uh, they just put out a new record. I don't know if they're on tour, but they they put out a new record and. They're going on tour. Yeah, they yeah. probably are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, they're just incredible. Um, Pesh modes of fucking like I, I don't hear enough rock bands saying like that sort of stuff. Yeah, like, I like I don't care what anybody says. I listen to a shit ton of Genesis, Peter Gabriel. Oh, Genesis, absolutely. I, I mean, I love that '80s sound. Phil Collins was like he was like the. Um, he was like the 80s version of like Elton John. Yeah. Or so, I mean or like a Trent Reznor. That was that was Phil Collins. I mean Bowie had a massive yeah. influence on on uh on me too and 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 artists like Trent Reznor. Yep. Which is both of our another band that we both yep. fucking adore. Nine Inch Nails is huge. Um bands like Massive Attack. Uh, but the thing is is like even even with like the stuff that I'm working on right now is more, I guess I guess you would call it rock, but it's very me. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's weird. This is from all. I mean, I could f- I could feel all of this stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Like there's, I mean, the weekend, Radiohead, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Converge. Like it's just crazy. Uh, it's just crazy. There's just there's like slight blends of all of it, and I think it just makes a a big kind of swingy cool <laughs> vibey Molasses. vibey rock like just yeah it's just a cool little uh, concoction of sorts sweet so i'm excited to throw that out there I just, when it's ready i i i'm so fucking stoked and when it comes out we'll play it on the show um 
I just thought of one last question. Okay. I have to throw this in there. And I think this is how I'm going to end every episode of this series. If you could put together your dream show, any bands, alive, dead, anything, dream show, what would be the bill where? Oh, my God. Uh, It would be like... It would be in... There's no wrong answers here. All right. So it would be in, like, Egypt... And uh, smoking the the, finest uh, Middle Eastern herbs. (laughs) Yes, it would be like with the three pyramids, kind of like a Pink Floyd vibe kind of thing. I think that they actually might have played that before. The three pyramids. I there's a live in Pompeii. Okay, I have the DVD. It's fucking amazing. I'm sure it is. They open with echoes, and you're you're like automatically high if you watch it. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. I've I've watched the Pulse numerous times. Oh yeah. I felt like that. It was incredible. but like, I mean, even Pink Floyd. Oh, there's definitely some Pink Floyd influence for oh, sure, dude. In, in the stuff that I'm working on. But uh, every time I play a guitar, I want to sound like David Gilmour on the song "Time." Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. perfect. It's just perfection yeah. for sure. He's just he's wonderful. Um, but what was your question? <laughs> it's okay. So, so I'm setting you up for your Egypt concert. In okay. Yeah, the yeah, pyramids. yeah. Yeah. So like, okay. So the freaking Egypt concert at night, you know, it's kind of like, a just in the middle of the desert kind of thing with the pyramids and like a black sky with a bunch of stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to be like just all my favorite bands ever. Mm-hmm. So it's TJ fest. It's going to, yeah. TJ's Egyptian, Mega, yeah, and because show. it's in Egypt, there's gonna be a lot of weird, like, magical shit. And so, like, there's gonna be bands that, like, is the sun gonna be people angry are and chasing you around like Mario Brothers 3? <laughs> I'm sorry, I just, yes, about- <laughs> yes. And if you can run away from that sun successfully, you'll get to see Led Zeppelin at the three Holy pyramids shit. with John Bonham playing drums. No offense, Jason. So, I, I, I get it. But like, but so because you, because you're where you are and in between the three pyramids, you can bring people back from the dead if you want to watch them play. So God, like, it's, it's going to be like it's Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, and we're he's gonna, riding a goat horse. What is going on? He's in the mosh pit when Nirvana plays. Holy fuck, Nirvana <laughs> and Led Zeppelin from the fucking John Bonham's up there. Yeah, John Bonham's up there for sure. I would love to see like David Bowie. That would just mm-hmm. be cool. I mean, I haven't even. I mean, I haven't been to exposed to even all of the Bowie that oh, most people most people have. But you know, what? Um, I'm people, so intrigued by him, though. Actually, people always say like, "Oh man, uh, this person doesn't like this band. Whatever, like you know, like or they don't know about it." I'm more envious of people who don't know about bands than be- being, because like to me, it's like the discovery is so much more fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, finding a new thing is always the best. Like, I was so late to the party when it came to Queens of the Stone Age, but man, it was a great, like, that first month of just listening to, like, Era Vulgaris. Yeah. Like, I had dialed in enough to, like, when, like, Clockwork came out, I was like, oh, well, this is my shit. And now it's, like, basically my favorite Queens record. Yeah. Yeah, you know, me too, actually. That, it, that record is just incredible. I hear I hear the Queen stuff in, in your stuff, too. Really? Well, that's yeah. cool. That's, that's cool. I think that's why we both bonded so much with Yonker. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, there's definitely like a like a musical love connection between everybody around, yeah. you know. Like, and I think Queens of the Stone Age is probably like the band that's right at the front and center of that. Yeah, 
I would say so. I mean, I, mean, I love everything. I, that I would say, Queens of the Stone Age and Royal Blood are my two like. Because I love everything. I like unabashedly. I feel like there's some people when I talk to about that band, they're like, "What? No, not the two piece." And I'm like, "Do you hear the shit yeah, coming out of this dude's bass?" Just push play. <laughs> I mean, come on, just push play. That's it. I will say, push sober. Play. He's a, he's a dry buddy as well. So he I, is. I, yeah. I, I like I like that he's. I like I like knowing that how proactive that band has been because like I met the drummer when they played with Queens at Twenty Monroe. No, kidding. they did a DJ set at Oh yeah Pyramid Scheme, and I met the drummer and I was like, "You're fucking awesome." He's like, "Right, thanks, mate." You know, like very English sounding. But yeah, like it was so cool, like to to meet. And now they're I mean they're fucking huge. Yeah, um, and I love I love that band. They're wonderful. Okay, so them, we'll throw them. I'm, yeah, well, I'm just helping you. You, you can promote. throw them on our on my concert. You go ahead, okay? But there's going to be a fee. Queens, Led Zeppelin. Royal Blood. Royal Blood. Nirvana. 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 Okay, all right. Nine Inch Nails is oh, probably yeah. going to be on that. Trent's there. Yeah. Uh, Converge will be on that. Oh, fuck. Um, man, we're going to throw Radiohead on that. We're going to throw... Yeah, it's just going to be like... And 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 it, it's one of those sets where Queens and you got all the members of them Crooked Vultures, so they can play a set. Yeah, too. them Crooked Vultures would be on there. Oh my gosh! Fuck yeah, that this would concert be sounds awesome. Yeah, dude, thank you so much for coming on this show. This was a fucking hoot and a half. Thanks, buddy. Your, your cats are awesome. Your <laughs> wife is cool as shit. Thanks. I love her. To, I love her to pieces. She's, I'm glad. She's a nice wife. You should keep her. I think I'm gonna. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, we're going to end this show. If you like this show, check us out, Zanzizi Podcast, on all your podcasting apps. Please give us five stars, rate and review. We will shout you out on the show. I would love for you. Did you want to pick out a song from the Still Remains catalog to play for the outro music? Sure. Let's do. Uh... Let's do a way out from ceasing to breathe. All right, my friend. Well, thank you for thank you for being a friend and thank you for coming on the show again. Yeah, boy. I love you, man. Love you too, bud. All right.
This has been a presentation of Beer City Media.